My name is Humble Gray, and I am a Mississippi farmer. Just a side note before I get to my review, and that is, if you own a parrot or are thinking of acquiring one, have a care. See, my friend Noon Morris has such a bird, seven-year-old Hector, and he's quite proud of it. He's got a vocabulary of 37 words, says Noon. That's more than several citizens of our little town here. Anyway, Noon was at Billy Deer's Tavern off Mississippi 3 last Saturday when he saw a beautiful young woman. So, as men in bars will do, he struck up a conversation and In the course of flirtatious colloquy, she let on that she was a liberal. And not just sort of a liberal, but a card-carrying, dyed-in-the-wool, neo-socialist, bleeding heart. But as I said, she was also danged pretty. So, noon, he says, why, what a coincidence, I'm a liberal too. Well, that charmed her, and before you know it, they were back at his place, sipping bourbon and exchanging fervid looks as George Strait played on the stereo. When Noon lied and said he'd submitted a write-and-vote for Bernie Sanders last November, the lady flushed red with passion. However, just as he was about to suggest some out-of-wedlock sin, Hector all of a sudden sang out, "'Stop the steal! Awk! Stop the steal!' No idea where he learned that, says Noon, but needless to say, the young lady vanished like a cool breeze. I guess the lesson here is, politics are for the birds. (laughs) You like that? Today's review reminded me how a laugh track makes everything funnier. Listen, old Earl's so stupid, he sold sorghum for ten cents a bushel. (laughs) Knock, knock, who's there? Hey, hey what? I mean, hey, H-A-Y, because I'm a farmer. (laughs) But enough of that. Let's get on to the review. (laughs) No, that wasn't a joke. You can stop now. (laughs) Someone needs a whooping. Anyway, I'll be looking at the television program from one of those fancy streaming services. Not that I subscribe or even have a television, but I got a telephone call from my young friend Hank a few weeks ago where he says, he says... You gotta come over and see this new show they've got on the Disney Plus. The what, says I? The Disney Plus, says Hank. They stream it over my fire stick. Stream it over your fire stick, says I. Are you speaking in tongues? No, says my friend. Just come over and watch this program. You'll cotton to it for sure. I asked the show's name, and Hank says it's called WandaVision. It's all about a witch what marries a robot, says he. Hard pass, says I, explaining that even in these liberal times, I firmly believe marriage should only be between two carbon-based organisms. You don't understand, says Hank. It's a really special robot. Their wedlock is no abomination. I doubt that, says I, but being a conscientious reviewer, I decided to head over there just to see what the fuss was about. A little background first, however. Seems the program, well, it concerns the adventures of this witch Wanda Maximoff and her husband Robot Vision. He's got just the one name, apparently. He's not a Vision Smith, for example, or Larry Vision or something. (laughs) I'm taking off my belt right now. 
Anyway, they were introduced in a film called Avengers Age of Ultron, which, to be truthful, I did not see. And then they started a romance in another picture called Captain America Civil War, which I also did not see. Finally, poor Vision gets himself killed off in yet one more movie, Avengers Infinity War, which I will say once again I did not see. So what's this WandaVision about? Well, for the first three episodes, my answer would have to be... I don't know. But don't be discouraged, dear listeners, for as I soon found out, that's the fun of the whole thing. See, you go in expecting superhero daring do like up on the big screen. Heroes and villains, monsters and mutants, fighting and havoc. So good lordy Lou, don't it throw you off kilters. Wanda and Vision, who's supposed to be dead, incidentally, are instead the stars of, get this... A television situation comedy. That's right, one that from episode to episode changes eras from the 50s to the 60s and on upward, but with the same ageless neighbors and anodyne plots from the sitcom playbook. I'll give you for instance. First episode, Vision's boss invites himself over to the couple's house for dinner. And poor Wanda, she has to serve up a feast lest her husband lose his job. Will her magic save the day, or will it lead to hilarious disaster? Find out for yourselves, because I ain't going to tell you. Damn it, why? Because that would spoil the fun, neighbor. And in the second episode, Vision performs a magic act at the neighborhood talent show. But something's gumming up his mechanical works, and you better believe Wanda's real magic comes in mighty handy. Yes, indeed. Now, I must say, and for true, Elizabeth Olsen, who plays this Wanda, she carries it off. For she is, friends, plu-perfect as the contented suburban housewife trying to hide her supernatural powers from the neighbors. Pretty as a picture, she almost makes you forget that witches are the handmaidens of Satan. In fact, Hank's six-year-old daughter, Ambrosia, calls her, quote, a magic angel, unquote. Nearly broke my heart to inform her that, no, she's bound to the devil and her soul is promised to hell. Or so I would assume. But be that as it may, Ms. Olsen does an impressive job of letting some of the darker aspects of Wanda seep through the cracks in her traditional TV facade. Kudos, too, to Paul Bettany, who is quite effective in the role of Vision, though he does, I fear, have two strikes against him. Why would you think that? Well, I say two strikes because... One, it's the less showy of the two roles. And strike two, Mr. Bettany hails from that old England. And that ain't the good old U.S. of A. But at least he doesn't go pip-pip and cheerio, so he's practically American. Practically. I'm also partial to Catherine Hahn as the wacky neighbor lady Agnes. So true is she to that trope, she'd not look out of place on an old black-and-white cathode ray tube. Now, folks, we'll have no what you call spoilers here, so I won't delve into the secrets revealed after episode three. Oh, I don't think that was ever in question. No, it was not. But even without such, there might be an underlying theme we could discuss. For I wonder if the creators of the show are toying with the notion that what's constituted as phony may be real enough. What I mean to say is, as artificial as Wanda's sitcom life may be, Aren't the characters portrayed on television sometimes more true to us than the flesh-and-blood folks we interact with every day? We follow their lives every week, paying greater attention to their victories and feats, 
marriages and breakups, and births and deaths than we do among our own friends and neighbors. So who's to say that the show within a show, as occupied by our adoring leads, isn't as valid a space as our own reality? Chew on that, says I. And if you haven't gotten to episode four yet, hang on to your hat. This is going to be a gas. Yes, sir. Next week, I'll be reviewing the film The World to Come, a motion picture, I'm happy to say, that contains farmers. Play me out, Zeke.